0: Everybody, welcome to the UGA Sports Live podcast with Jim Dunn. My name is Rodney DeBulsey. I'm joined by Dane Young and the Hall of Famer himself, Jim Dunn, who has a birthday coming up, and we're going to talk about that here in a bit because we have a surprise for him that uh, can't catch him off guard, hopefully. But it's tough to get one past the old coach because he, uh, he kind of knows what's going on just about everywhere, and it's tough to sneak mm. something past him. Uh, we're uh, very glad you tuned in. It's, uh, we're on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday because we had to – uh, some scheduling issues, so if you're uh, joining us today, we really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule to do so. We always appreciate all the attention we're getting and all the uh, people that watch our shows. It means a lot to us. Our YouTube channel is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, won't be long before we at 30,000 subscribers, which blows my mind. We've had 3,000 uh, new subscribers in the last month or so, and it means a lot to us. If you're not one, hit that button. We'd greatly appreciate it. And we wouldn't have the show, of course, without our sponsors, our friends at Dead Soxy. will talk about them later. Uh, Athens Ford, folks at Academy Brewing Company, who has a new website you need to check out, and of course, Europe Pie. I'm here at Classic City Eats in Watkinsville, right off the Greensboro Highway. It's just uh, west, southwest of downtown. So if you're in downtown uh, Watkinsville, swing by Classic City Eats, check it out. Uh, great place. The place is absolutely packed. So uh, I apologize for the noise in the background. Uh, Coach, we, we, I know a lot of people still want to talk about the national championship, but when we were on the show last week, you were already looking ahead. You're... <laughs> hey, that's great. Now, now let's talk uh, spring. And Kirby Smart has been on the road nonstop. Uh, we, we we're we're doing a Kirby tracker. Uh, I think he hit. We had ten schools that he went to yesterday. He's probably hit more than that. We just didn't see them. Uh, and he's been doing that every day, uh, going to high schools all over the, the nation. Because again, it doesn't. There's there's you know you got signing day coming uh, next week. There's no downtime for Kirby Smart, um, but. The the team is actually back to practice. Well, back to working out. So, what happens yeah, I, now? I would just say, that, what what goes uh, now?
1: What what's going on with with the recruiting is what we've talked about in the past is the fact that you can uh, really reflect more on the guys in the future because the early signing date really helps you. You know, because you've got most of the hay in the barn. Most of our guys have signed already, so it. Uh, just for the fans, the fact that Kirby's going to these schools is just more of a uh, a situation where the, the coach knows he's there, the player knows he's there, the principal. Everybody knows that when you come in the helicopter. And uh, it's just great visual there to show. You know, here's the head coach from Georgia coming to see me. I might have two more years of eligibility, one more. Who knows? But, you know, he started out going down to watch Arch Manning, And uh, you can't talk to him, but you know, it's pretty obvious when you're standing there with national champion coach or national champion offensive coordinator, whatever it might be, it just gets their attention. So it's a very good way to, you know, get a head start on that 2023 and 2024 and, you know, even some 25 kids. So, uh, and our guys do a great job of evaluating and and getting to know these guys in the future. And you got to remember last year, none of this was happening you know you couldn't go on the road you just you were just here so trying to make up some time for that so but uh as far as what's happening now the players had a week off and then started back uh you know full tilt yesterday on their weight training and and also some uh they'll do some individual running and all and then gradually pick it up but unreal we got I think between 16 to 19 in early enrollees. I can't keep up with how many actually are there uh, until I actually go over there maybe one day. But uh, just excited that these guys can get here. And regardless of how much impact they make on the team, the fact that they're going to be here as a freshman, getting oriented in school, getting everything, homesickness out of the way, because you can go home some during the spring, and uh, just see how they fit in the system and learn it and, and make a contribution, hopefully, for next year uh, because we're going to need some of them to do that, particularly in the secondary. But a couple guys I would point out that kind of get my eye right off the bat that are among the top 50 players in the country. I mean, any way you look at it, any, any recruiting site would have them would be, uh, you know, starting off with uh, Mikael Williams, Michael Williams starting off was picked a number one player, defensive player by some sites. He's a a tremendous looking kid, good family. Just, uh, you'd like him just, I mean, I love the regular students here. That's for sure. I don't want to type guess, but he would be a guy that you would just like to have on your campus as a student. If he couldn't play football at all, he's just a real Georgia guy and we're happy to have him here. Uh, Also, uh, the, the linebacker that, Roddy was the first one to interview him up there. uh, Walker up there in North Carolina, from uh, Boyden High School there in Salisbury. I'm just telling you, this guy comes from good stock. His dad, his dad played in Burlington, North Carolina, which is close to my heart. He played for the same coach that played with me in high school, Sam Story. And it makes me feel good when I'm standing over there in the indoor building, and a guy comes up to me and says, "Coach, can I take a picture with you?" I'm I'm Walker's dad, and uh, you know, I couldn't figure out why. And then he told me, hey, I played for Sam story, and Sam told me to look you up. So it makes you feel good. And, and beside that, this guy is a stud. I mean, he can play tight end if you need him. But, of course, right now I'd say tight end is pretty good for us. But it, we need him at linebacker. He's a good basketball player. He's just a great kid. And uh, just to steal him out of North Carolina, and I know how – How Mac Brown won, that's just an awesome job by Schumann and Coach Lanning, who's uh, no longer here, and, of course, Kirby. Another guy that just gets my eye pretty quick that just pennies from heaven is Everett. Defensive back, he's in the top 20 in the country now as far as just overall prospect, long, angular, can tackle, can cover. I mean, you know, should be a can't-miss guy. I mean, I, I really feel good about him. And then Green from out on the West Coast, uh, big lineman. Uh, we, we, You know, everybody thought he was coming, but he didn't announce until, the, until the, the game he was playing in. But here's a guy that should be ready to come in and challenge. I don't know if he can beat out all these guys we got, but he, he's a big, good-looking kid. And the last one I'll mention is uh, Malachi Starks from over in Jefferson, just a real all-around player, a winner. A kid from a really good family. Uh, you know, you see his mother occasionally tweet out stuff because she's so proud of him. But uh, it's just a great family, and, and and certainly there's some more guys that I can mention. That, but uh, just starting off uh, right now, I think these guys are just impact come in and and G A T A pretty quick, and then you will see some more, and I'll bring those up uh, as we go along. Uh, you know, next week or so. But uh, right now, uh, you know, a couple of things I want to mention here and then I'm going to get off this diatribe here, but, you know, I understand where Burton's coming from and it's a me business now, as much as you want to be team and all that. I mean, these kids got a chance to further their careers and they got to look at it. And, and, you know, individual, Situations come up, but uh, I'm not going to wring my hands and worry about what's going to happen next year because one guy leaves. I just feel like that could drive you nuts. I mean, you can worry about it all you want to, but uh, but basically, I would tell everybody in the Georgia program, and you can get mad at me or do whatever you want to or say that hey, why is this coach using bad lines? Let's worry about the elephant turds and not the rat shit okay <laughs> let's worry about things that, that really are a big problem and i'm not saying that burton is that but in yeah. the grand scheme of things when you look at all the good things we've got to go get going here i think our head coach i know he's got a good plan on roster management he's among the best in the country Pro or college? I talked to Jan- Daniel Jeremiah a couple of days ago and setting him up for a uh, podcast like we had last year oh, where he'll go over our pro people, uh, our draft choices. He's going to be actually doing the Senior Bowl uh, as the uh, analyst sport. So we'll get some inside stuff from him after he's watched them down there and, and tell our fans exactly what's going on. But But Daniel Jeremiah was talking about. Kirby's uh, management skills and, uh, and evaluating players and how good these guys are coming in, the pros, being ready to go, talking about our guys. So uh, I think that's a real tribute to him. So uh, we can all worry about a lot of stuff, but let's don't worry about our, our roster right now. Uh, we got pennies from heaven on getting those seven extra scholarships. Most of those at this point have been used for younger players that are going to be here for a longer time than say one or two year guy on a transfer, but we'll use maybe three of those for those kind of guys. But we we'll are just keep picking up guys like hopefully this EJ likes will be coming in here. That was here this weekend. Good looking kid can really run fast. I'm talking about big time fast for a linebacker, and he's bigger than he was in camp. He's up to about two oh seven now, and you know he's going to branch out and. Uh, that's the kind of kids you get when you get those extra ones. You know, what I'm saying down the stretch he yeah. he committed from Florida, I think. So um, so much for me. I'll see y'all later. That's all <laughs> I can
0: <do. laughs> that, that, That's plenty. They there have been some uh, you know, coaches talking about Jermaine Burton who announced that he was gonna transfer to Alabama. And we had a list out the day after uh, George won the championship of guys that were we thought were you know very guys we knew were going to go into the portal, guys we thought could go into the portal, and guys who were just a possibility. And sometimes that's from scuttlebutt. Sometimes we have good sources. Sometimes you know, it's just a, an amalgamation of uh, what we're hearing. And I, there has been a good deal of movement. And a lot of people pull their hair out when you see Jermaine Burton going to Alabama and uh, knowing that uh, JT Daniels is leaving. But you also had some big additions and you know uh, – Uh, William Poole coming back. Chris Smith coming back. Kyrus Jackson yesterday. I mentioned he was coming back. Uh, Nolan Smith. Nolan uh, Nolan Smith was the biggest one. But I'm just thinking you've had um, your edge rusher, uh, Robert Beal. So there's a lot going on on the roster standpoint. Give us your thoughts on that or what some of the ones I've missed.
2: Yeah, frankly, I've been surprised that more players from Georgia haven't left to to seek more playing time or or whatever it may be. And, And, you know, I guess the difference with like a Lavoisier Carroll in a fan perspective to a Jermaine Burton is that the perception is, well, Jermaine Burton is not complaining about playing time. He played a lot at Georgia. Everybody has their own different things that makes them think that another situation is going to be better than the one that they're currently in. And so for whatever that is for Jermaine Burton, I'm sure he sees Alabama receivers doing what they've done, and he thinks he can do that. Maybe he wanted more targets. Maybe he wanted more playing time than he even got. Uh, frankly, I look at it, and I say that Ladd McConkey took some time from him, and Ladd McConkie is going to be on this roster next year. And then you have some of these young guys that are coming in. A.D. Mitchell how do you keep that guy off the field after some of the big plays that he made? Uh, Jermaine Burton improved a lot at the latter part of the season. And I think he's going to be really good at Alabama. Uh, but everyone has their own different reasons for why they do things. I get why fans can be upset about it and not be happy about it, but their concern is not going to be anything that concerns Jermaine Burton. Uh, yeah. and so all Georgia can do is try to cover him when they play. Good point. And I think uh, realistically, uh,
1: and you know, Alabama, we can talk about the guys they've had there and the players that have gone to the pro. But at this point, watching those receivers against us, after Mechie went down and after Williams went down, uh, I'm telling you, uh, he's he's probably going to be their number one guy when he goes over there. I don't know that he would be that here. He might be, but we got some really good guys. Not to mention Gilbert, who is out there now and. So uh, it's just uh, each guy's got to look at his own situation. But in, in his case, I'm gonna defend him about one thing. He was hurt a lot, but uh, you know, sometimes you got to fight through some things that didn't work out for him. And he did, he didn't play maybe when maybe uh, he could have thinking he was gonna be better, you know, feel better. So, but when that happened, McConkie took those catches that he would have had. So you take the Z position. That position between McConkie and him—that's over 50 catches this year. That you know that he would have had being a first-teamer all the time. So you can't—you can't really reflect anything except the way, way the kid's looking at it. And uh, so you know, it's like we said, it's a me deal. But uh, I think we should go over and talk about something else now. Well, uh, he, I do want to talk about something else, Coach. About the right uh, players. <laughs>
0: You know, Georgia fans will pull their hair out about some of the guys that they lost, and I get it. You know, that's a guy that you committed. You were excited about him. You know, he's a nice contributor, a big-time catch guy. We, we thought that Jermaine might be the leading receiver here at Georgia this year if he'd stayed healthy with uh, George Pickens being out. But here's the thing. Uh, the If you're going to get to a, a, a portal contest with Kirby Smart, I'm going to put money on Kirby Smart. And that's not to say that Alabama won't. They did, they did great when they got Henry toe and uh, – Oh, they've done great
2: already this off season. Yeah, as they, they talk about
0: Gibbs this year. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And Eli Riggs from LSU. I mean, Alabama's yeah. got some really good players from the yeah. portal. Georgia will, too. They, they, yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, Gibbs is mean, good, good, but, I mean, I think we could have had a shot at him. Uh, we just didn't make a move on him. So, right. uh, But you uh, did
0: get uh, – you mentioned some of the guys you did get. You had Darian Kendrick all year. God, did he allow a touchdown pass this season? Very, very limited. The guy didn't score. Didn't let a whole lot of people score. And Arie Gilbert is now practicing, was working out with the team. So Arie Gilbert's back. You got Tyke Smith that you know came in and got hurt. So, like you said, Coach, with uh, you had seven spots that you can use. Four of which you're using for some of those, I guess, the early enrollees who are going to be, you know, four-year guys here or three or four-year guys. And you got three open spots that you can bring in from the transfer portal. I'm just thinking after spring. And look at what Kirby's done. Hey, Kirby brought in JT Daniels, for goodness sakes. He brought in. Uh, he- How about that
1: package deal that everybody's saying that, that you know the kid wanted JT to throw to him? I mean, if JT's throwing to him, he's going to have to beat Bryce Young out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then the, some of the narratives get blown up. But again, it, and it's your thing. It, it's our, It's human nature. We take for granted the good things and we focus on the bad things. And I'm like, look, just. If, if you didn't have any faith in Kirby Smart and a million other things, the one thing you have to give him credit for is roster management. So he's going to be able to uh, fill those spots pretty well. And we're going to see some of that uh, popping off, I'm, I'm assuming after spring practice. Some guys are going to stick around through spring, see what their situation's like. Some guys are sticking around at the schools they're at now just because of the academics. You know? Yeah, so. that's true. And I think
1: forget about anything except being selfish. I mean, we can be real picky and choosy who we take. So we're not in yeah. any hurry on the transfer. I can tell you that. Uh, yeah, I can't come in here and play this spring anyhow. So you look yeah. at M- McKitty came in here right in the in the when the summer practice. started. I mean, there, there's some things that are going to evolve. New coaches go other places. I think what's been a proliferation of people just reading the Internet is how many of these one double A kids that played on really good teams are going to some of these rebuilding programs and some big programs because there's always guys that develop out of high school and really surface at these schools that I know we had a lot of guys at Marshall. If we had the transfer portal right now that probably wouldn't have stayed at Marshall (laughs) somewhere, I'm just telling you, uh, it's amazing. So uh, we're in good shape on our, I, I mean, I look at our schedule next year and our team I mean, tell me one team right now that would be less than a 10-point underdog against us.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's an easy schedule. And so, uh, to me, what, Tennessee, if they get it going offensively? I, that's the only one I can yeah. really think of.
0: Tennessee is going to be a good, good challenge, but they're going to be playing between the hedges too. Yeah. I think uh, I'm not sure what Auburn's got going on. Oregon has oh, pretty dude, good. Talent. Auburn
2: is lower than manure right
1: now. I mean, they're even lower than that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Auburn could re- very well be th- the worst team in the West.
1: They we got a revolving door of coaches leaving, players leaving. That is a complete uh, bonfire over there. Yeah, I
0: do want to come back to the you good basketball, that. though. Good basketball. <laughs> hey, they're in everything school coach. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> trouble.
0: But, I like, I, the, I, like I, that
1: gymnast that she's got. I mean, they got. She's good. One of the best of the nation. What is her last first name? It's Lee. What is Sunny Lee or?
2: Yeah, Sunny Lee. Yeah. But, uh, Maybe okay, she's just, like just,
1: safety former. <laughs>
0: <sighs> but I'm just just—I'm going down the list in my mind, and I was thinking uh, Oregon right off the bat, just because you know they have some pretty talented guys over there. They're gonna have Bo Nix, that's quarterback, and Dan is gonna, but again, his first, is their first road game, road. you know, that's tough. And then Tennessee, Florida, Mississippi State, maybe Mississippi State on the road coach, maybe that one's a little tighter, but yeah, you might should be favored in every might game, be,
1: but, uh, might be,
0: but. Immaterial.
1: There's nobody on the money line that would be favored to
0: have. very, very true. Uh, we took, I do want to touch on coaches real quick. That's another thing that Kirby Smart has to do. He's got a couple coaching uh, uh, positions to hire, but at the same time, he's he seems he's hitting up ten plus schools a day. How's he getting the the interviews done?
1: Hey, have you ever heard of Zoom? Have you ever heard of uh, <laughs> I mean, you he, doing that I, on the helicopter? He's got that on the helicopter. I know because I am texting him before he's on it. But um well
0: I'm just I don't thinking don't you want either. to don't you want to sit down with those guys? Not, he
1: doesn't it. answer me much, but I'm just gonna tell you this. Uh coaching part, I mean, you got coordinators that talk to guys, you got agents, he's got Jimmy Sexton. I mean, Jimmy Sexton is a
0: mafia don of coaching. He's,
1: he's got everybody in the you know, he, he really does give you a good list of guys to look at. And then you got the uh, number one thing they look at as a non-coordinator is recruiting too. I mean, that's, I mean, we, we need two really good recruiters here. I mean, you lose a guy like uh who's among the best recruiters we had and Hankton did some good jobs too. And he not, not necessarily receivers, just, you know, the areas that he covered and, off the field hankton was like a i mean hankton could be a, a aide to the governor for all he's done with covid with his team and all the stuff that he's done for a bulldog for pups and he was just a great ambassador for our school so uh, it, there's a lot of roles he whoever comes in has got a feel for that Never
2: been now, but you start time? thinking, Roddy, about the, the networks of these assistant coaches that Georgia has, and I think this is what Coach Don is alluding to. Yeah, it's who Kirby Smart knows, and it's who Jimmy Sexton knows, but then it's who Will Muschamp knows. And what, Mike Bobo may be in the mix. Okay, who, look at who he's coached with. I mean, the next thing you know, you've got a couple hundred years worth of coaching experience just among the people that are in the building. Uh, Todd Munkin it knows the whole NFL. So
0: True, but I guess what I was thinking, Coach, was you talked about how when you bring a guy in. You what I like think you said. You put them on the horns. You basically make them go up to the whiteboard, go up to the chalkboard, and you give them a scenario and you test what they would do in that situation. Which to me is, I, I don't know, right. maybe nerve wracking. But is explain that? I mean, do you do that this time or you just? Yeah, going, hey, I, I know you. I know you. You know what you're doing. What
1: you do is you you eliminate some of those guys just talking and and cross checking and off, but you bring them in. So Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. and Sunday. Last Friday, Saturday, and Sunday after 4 o'clock, everybody was here. So, if they wanted to interview somebody, they could have done that okay, very easily. So, uh, I don't know that they did that. but
0: uh, you know, I was just trying to figure out how it worked in with his schedule. Because it just seems – every every time I look up, I look at Twitter right now. He's hopping off an airplane uh, again or hopping off a uh, helicopter. I'm like, damn, this guy's going from uh, 7 a.m. to 10 o'clock at night.
1: Well – he's not nearly as worried about who he's going to hire as, as the player he's going to get. That's pretty obvious <laughs> because he's got his pick on who he can hire too. I mean, and you see what happens a lot of times after the signing date is when guys actually make that move, you know, yeah. if it's, and I don't like this because if I'm a parent or a kid and you guys are in my house on Friday before signing day and telling me to go somewhere and then on Wednesday afternoon after signing day to go somewhere else. You know I, I don't like that, but it happens. I mean, uh, I know one job that I was trying to help a guy. get, I asked the, the, you know, gave him a good recommendation, and the coach said, "Look, we've already got a guy in line, but we're gonna, but we're gonna have to wait till after signing day because he's committed to that school till then." I mean that's just the way it is. I mean, yeah. it's bullshit though. It's You're bullshit. Right. I hate it. I hate it. it,
0: it- if word hadn't leaked out about uh, uh, coach leaving uh, UCLA to come to the Falcons, Roquan Smith, would, you know, would have gone to UCLA. So, yeah. but you know, luckily okay. I mean, he he committed to them and it was, but he just hadn't signed. And then, sure enough, he got word that that wasn't going to happen. He winds up at Georgia, and you know, Georgia's first winner of the Buckets Awards. Before I'm going to give
1: you full disclosure on that, uh, that was before I even did any of these podcasts or anything, but it told me, hey, is there anybody you can tell to get this out? To this? He said, we need to get or who's, who's somebody that's going to uh, could help us because Roquan's coach is going somewhere else. And uh, I'm not talking about just that guy. You're talking about his high school coach. And, and, and can he get somebody to help us? Because this guy from UCLA is going to Falcons. And so I asked a couple guys that I knew there and because uh, it's uh, I think Bobo had already left to be a head coach or something. But uh, it, it, was, uh, it was cold-blooded what that guy was trying to pull on rope for him. Yeah.
0: But, again, and guys, you know, there's that kind of loyalty that we demand of our players, you know, but the coaches don't have the same uh, thing. And I get it. It's their job. But a lot of the kids see this as their job, too.
2: Yeah, they're
1: getting everybody back though by the
2: transfer portal.
1: Yeah, exactly. well, and,
2: and George is using its stability to its advantage in that regard. So when you start looking at Kirby Smart's been here, and the whole time with him, Glenn Schumann has been here, Dell McGee has been there, like same grouping. And so when you have that. Uh, other teams don't, Alabama never really has that anymore. Georgia may not have it as frequently because guys are going to get opportunities, but when you do have it, you know when Dell McGee walks into West Georgia, that Georgia's got a real good shot to get that player, period. 100% done because that player believes Dell's invested in this team and this state because he's got a history of doing it.
0: Well, talking about jobs, my job is to let our readers know, our viewers know also, uh, about two of our sponsors. I want to mention one of them right off the bat. which our friends over at Dead Soxie they do a great <clears throat> job uh, making socks and people go well of course anybody can make socks and you don't understand these socks are special or we wouldn't advertise them on our show or we wouldn't allow them to be a sponsor uh they're incredibly soft they stay up they actually have something they call true state uh, which they trademark true state technology you pull them up on your calf, and they don't slide down so if you in the middle of the day you're constantly bending over pulling up your damn socks this doesn't happen with our friends at uh, dead socks the cool thing is they designed them themselves, so they have fantastic materials. They, they're they buttery soft. They make them on these uh, Italian uh, Lanotti Lin- Lin- machines. I don't even know what you call them, but Coach can vouch for the fact that they're soft sock- uh, socks because he actually comes from a, a, a hometown that has a ton of hosiery places. He's seen socks. He's tried them on. He even likes them. But, uh, a very particular demanding person gives us a, uh, a head nod saying that he likes them, so it means a lot. But the point is, they designed it themselves because they wanted to make a very good product, and they do. It's a couple of old Miss grads, and they designed them for the workplace and also for college fans. So there are a bunch of Georgia-themed socks, red and black socks, that you have to check out from our friends at Dead Socksy. You will like them. We told you before the season started, they were lucky socks. A bunch of people bought them. Georgia wins the national title. It's not a coincidence, folks. I'm just I'm just telling you right off the bat. Also, I want to mention our friends over at uh, Athens Ford, a fantastic sponsor of not only this show, they sponsor our watch-along show, they also sponsor our website. So if you're a member of UGAsports.com and all the coverage that we've given you throughout the year, it would not be possible without our friends at Athens Ford. They also support the community very well. They do wonderful uh, outreach. They do tons of charity. But the best thing they do is they sell cars, and they sell them with a lifetime powertrain warranty. So if you go out there and you're buying a new vehicle, and it's not something you can get at every dealership. And oh, well, I can go to any Ford dealership and get that. No, you cannot. You can only get that at Athens Ford. So at least in this area, within you know hundreds of miles, the only place you're gonna get that lifetime powertrain warranty is at Athens Ford. So you gotta go out there, get that. It's at the top of their uh, website because they mean it. Uh, they actually have vehicles. It's tough to find uh, a lot of dealerships with vehicles. I mean, uh, there's some, some guys in town, you, you drive by that lot and you look like, they look like they're going out of business. But Athens Ford is actually very proactive in getting vehicles. So check them out when you get a chance and uh, check out on that Bronco they have in the showroom. It's, that's legit.
2: Let's uh, pop into a couple questions here that we have from UGASports.com. And then also on Twitter, uh, one that we uh, always get to. This is ujalum 95 on Twitter. He uh, does a great job of checking in with me and Roddy before every show. It says, uh, this is for you, Roddy. And it's a question okay. on star rankings. Uh, seriously, how does a quarterback go from five stars in 11th grade until the September of his senior year in high school, then drop to a four-star in November? And he said, all this for Gunnar Stockton is after breaking GHSA records. There's your question.
0: Uh, yeah, it was It's really easy. Why does anybody change in the rankings from the first time you see them? Uh, I remember years ago we had uh, uh, Jacob Beeson number one and Ben Cleveland number two in our rankings, one and two. Because the first time you saw him, you're like, okay, well, who's the best player I've seen in the entire nation as 10th graders? Jacob Beeson. Who's the second best player I've seen? Ben Cleveland. Now, as the years progress and you see them more and more and more, you move them up or down, or guys move ahead of them, or they move ahead of other guys based on the totality of information you have to that point. So – you know, guy in his junior year, you're like, wow, this guy looks like a surefire five star. And when we have, when we say a guy's a five star, we mean that he is a first round draft pick. Okay. We're like, this guy is going to be one of the first 32 taken. We usually have 32 first uh, five star guys. Uh, now,
1: so I, think, I think in the case of Gunner, uh, two things, because I know a little bit about quarterbacks, but I, I'm just going to say this. He, made a point not to go to any camps, uh, go to any uh, uh, Elite 11. Uh, he didn't play any All-Star games. All he did was went went for his team and played there because he knew he was coming to Georgia. So he didn't get the national exposure as far as being around the other quarterbacks that that get ranked up there, you know what I'm saying? So because he didn't do that, he might have been uh, the comparison Part wasn't there for him going one against the other like other guys do. You know, like me, like Williams went out there and played in that game and did all that. So he wasn't worried about four or five star you know, anything. Certainly, we don't either. But I think in that case, uh, that hurt him because some other guys probably propelled themselves because of the way they were looking and all these guys that are evaluating them. Uh, like Trent Dilfer and all these other guys. I mean, he had a quarterback in his high school who I think's really good. Going to uh, Cincinnati, uh, Luther Richardson, who didn't have a lot. It wasn't even ranked here before the season started, and he went out to lead eleven and finished in the top five. And all of a sudden, he just everybody started looking at him. So uh, it's too bad for our fans that Gunner's not a, listed as a five star, but. I'm glad he's here, and he's here for spring practice, and that's the way I see
0: it. Yeah, he's, he's – uh, so basically when they look at him and they say, wow, this guy is not one of the top 32 players in the nation, but he's still a four-star, so we still think he's going to be drafted. He could be All-American. He could be All-Conference, All-SEC. Uh, the Where they have him right now is like a fourth or fifth-round draft pick. That's still pretty good. But it's basically when – and he went out to play to that All-America game uh, – this past uh, January, he was out there for the practices. When – in other words, that's why they have a – Gunner went to the All-Star game? Yes, sir. Well, hell, yeah. I, what
1: I just said was bullshit.
0: No, well, he, he didn't go to a lot of the other camps. You're right, though. He didn't do the lead 11. He didn't do all that other stuff. So, they didn't see him. Um, How'd he doing all... the game? Oh, he did okay. You know, he... But, again, he, did, he didn't look like a first-round draft pick it, to, to those guys. Now, I, I don't agree with the Rivals rankings half the time because – uh, I, I don't have to look at all those guys. I just have to look at the ones coming to Georgia. I've gone to see Gunner multiple times up in Raven. I've sat in the cold and videotaped him both times or all three times I went to see him, he scored seven touchdowns. So the yeah. guy puts up crazy numbers. Yeah, um, we will, will that transfer? I don't know. But we uh, quarterback well, room here. Uh, yeah, I mean, but they do it just based on the totality of what they see. And it's it's a it's a bloody guess.
2: And that's at this point in time. How much did stars matter for Georgia quarterbacks this past season, a national championship winning season? Yeah. I don't
0: know. But but I'm just trying to answer the question. It's based on the totality of what they see, why guys go up and down. It's because one time you see him, you're like, this guy looks great. And then you look at his high school film, you know, you get the junior film. Then you get the senior film. Then you get the uh, camp film. Then you get in-person evaluations. Each time you get more information, it's going to affect or help flesh out your opinion of a guy like that. That's why we see guys move up. You know, we only hear about guys when they move down. We don't hear about people, why the hell did you move up from a four-star to a five-star? Again, we only focus on the negative, you know. So, to me, you've got uh, – I think Dalen Everett is going to be an absolute superstar. I think uh, Michael Williams will be too. Marvin hey. Jones Jr., holy shit. Excuse my right. that guy's a monster. So, you got some great players coming in, but you may not have a first-round quarterback. Oh, no, you have a fourth-round quarterback. The
2: horror!
1: Too long, it's too far in advance. Let's go with something else. We yeah. beat the sports to death.
2: I'm gonna start giving stars to players that I think are going to be great quotes in the media and potential SEC Media Days representatives. Um, and so Jalen Walker is gonna be a five star in that for me because that kid will be in Hoover somewhere.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah Can you tell I, me to I, shut I, up? Yeah, I'm seven free, am free too. I mean, this guy leads the world in social media. I
2: mean, <laughs> yes, he does. he's fast too. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna combine this question from about three different ones from the YouTube comments. It's about Georgia running back, which I think is a pretty fascinating position when you lose the experience of Zemir White and James Cook. Uh, so the questions came in about Kendall Milton and about Dejan Edwards, and then about Branson Robbins. So uh, I don't really know what the question is, Coach. Other than Georgia running back, what do you think?
1: I just think the big key for all these guys, first of all, Milton staying healthy. Uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, he can be every down back because he's big, strong, physical, can run between the tackles, got good quickness, can catch the ball. And uh, we've seen what uh, Kenny Mack can do. I mean, he's, he's really a special guy in the backfield that can be a lot like Cook, maybe not quite as fast. And then uh, Edwards is going to be a guy kind of like uh, the guy Kansas City has. I, th- I think Robinson is uh, looking at the tape, I mean, just a big, strong, physical guy, but he's going to have to learn our protections. And uh, the fact that he's not here for spring, I don't think he is, is he? Uh, I don't think he's an early enrollee, so that's going to hurt him a little bit. And everybody keeps talking about what's going on with the kid in Tennessee. I know we're really trying hard to, you know, keep him as a commitment, and everybody's going to work hard to sign him. So if we get those two to go with what we got, uh, we're going to be in good shape there. And it doesn't make uh, – I mean, uh, among those guys with the offensive line that we're going to have next year, I, I think a lot of guys are going to make yards that, that maybe our backs didn't have a chance to do this year because of the non uh, – of the ability of our line not to let people penetrate. And they're going to have a head of state. They're not going to have to avoid as many behind-the-line tackles. I,
0: I want to mention some of Branson Robinson – you never hear his name. Now, when Nick Chubb was coming to UGA, when Keith Marshall and Todd Gurley were coming to UGA, when uh, you know, Kendall Milton you know, was coming to UGA, and uh, 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 McKinney, uh, people talked about him all the time. Can't wait till that guy gets here. We're going to run it. There's been so much focus on the passing game and so much on have been and the wide receivers, and stuff like that. You have the number one running back in the nation, a guy that looks like a Nick Chubb clone, uh, an absolute power lifter. He's one of the strongest players I've ever seen and a hell of a running back coming out, you know, from um, Mississippi. You know, they build hell of football players out there. No one ever talks about him. And again, this is a guy that uh, people are like, well, why is he not a five star? Well, he's number 38, i.e. first part of the second round in a, in a guest in, a, in an estimation. He's the number one running back in the nation, and they don't take a lot of running backs in the first round like they used to. So, point being, they're looking at it, going, "This guy's probably about the. He's a top forty player. We don't talk. In other words, as a fan base, we've got a little spoiled, you know, getting top running backs. So yeah,
1: that's true. But you know, seriously, how many teams have five star players on there? I mean, we're we're so fortunate to have as many five this year. But, But. You know, in the whole Big 12 last year, they only had like two five-star players counting everybody. So that's one of the reasons they're getting their ass beat. But I think we got to be careful about four and five-star. I think we just got to leave it in the hands of Kirby, figuring out which guy. I mean, I'm glad we had Jordan Davis. I mean, three-star. McConkie, what was he? He was like, everybody wanted to know what was wrong with him. How could we take him? I mean, he, he was among the nation's leaders in yards per catch or something. So, just uh, it's good to have dialogue and everything. And, and sometimes Rodney and Dane, for our fans, get on me because I say stuff about you I'm I'm not really. I don't know what y'all say about, but I'm I'm going to make sure not to uh, be that. That's your deal. If you enjoy that, uh, causing you know, internet talking about stuff, go ahead and do it. That's fun. Go for it. But, you know, base it on fact and everything. I know this. For some reason, people think that I know more than I do. When I walk in the Chick-fil-A or I walk in a tire store or whatever I do and people start eating my ass out about a game, about what should be doing and all that. I mean, I didn't used to have that happen until I'm on this show now and everybody thinks I know more than I do. And they, I, I can't stand that to walk in there. And the guy, could you please explain to me why they're doing this, coach? And then blah blah blah. And I said, and so one day this guy was just going on me really hard. So I, I knew Kirby wasn't going to answer. I just called, called his phone and put, put it up. There. I said, here, go on and tell Kirby here what you think. I thought that guy was going to run about as fast as I've ever seen anybody run out the door. But, but so I'm not going to say that anymore about being, you know, people say, hey, we got the right to the scent. That's good. Go ahead and do it. But um, – and just because I say it doesn't mean it's right. But I can tell you one thing. More times than not, uh, what I say on this program has a chance of being right. So that's why I say it. But you're not going to get to hear me much longer because the old coach is going to be hanging it up pretty soon. So, uh, so let's go on to the next thing here.
2: Question from Nickelbag on the vent: Any players that might change positions in the spring?
1: Nickelbag, that's a good one there. What did he play corner and then want to play nickel and they didn't give enough money or what? So uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Uh, I think that's one good thing about our coaches looking at guys that can move around, particularly in the secondary, but not necessarily uh, any other position. Maybe guard to tackle or center to maybe tackle to center or something like that. We always try to get the best five out there on, on the offensive line. we got Tate Radlitz coming back, which I don't think you'll be able to practice much with that injury ad. But uh, receivers maybe move a guy from slot to X or interchange them all. And Gilbert playing wide receiver first and then maybe some tight end. But uh, I
2: don't – those would be the positions I would see. So probably nothing as extreme as like a Lavoisier-Caro going from running back to defensive back.
1: Yeah, that was just a position of need. You know, we had a – we were bleeding in the spring. I mean, you look at all the problems we had, all of a sudden lose five guys and then two to transfer, seven DBs. And so he – he saw a chance to get in there and play early. I think if it, it coming in the same situation as last year, he would probably – this year he'd probably start out running back. It would probably be that at South Carolina. Hey, before we uh, get to see.
0: the next question, hang on a second, Dan. I want to show our uh... – fans here a little something something this is the biggest bloody cake i've ever seen
2: all right read it out loud for our podcast audience please <laughs> says for that says uh it's a huge uh sheet cake
0: covered in uh you know, white icing with uh black red and black uh, uh filigree going around the edges it says uh, happy birthday to the hall of famer damn good dog coach jim donnan from your friends at ugsports.com. Thank you for your exceptional expertise, insight, and sense of humor. So, right. that's our buddy, yeah, uh,
1: my good friend Nat Long. Yeah, uh, helped us out on that. That's great.
0: Uh, you got a worked, lot of KT coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, when uh, when we had that over at uh, Champions, we had we were passing it around, and I told him to just. Uh, put that in the freezer over there, and then we'll have a big party over here for UGA sports guys and, and break that out. But January 29th, the old coach going to hit uh, Red Grange, man, 77. Can you believe Red Grange, that running back, had number 77? I, I, love,
2: I love it. I did not expect that line to come on this podcast, breaking down Red Grange. Well, um, one of the greatest to ever do it. He Coach, was. we do wi- Ghost. Yeah. Coach, we do wish you a happy birthday, and uh, just personally for what you mean to to me and my family. Uh, I'm excited to celebrate with you off the air because that's more fun. That's good.
1: Me. That's good. I'm. i And I don't know if anybody made mention of uh, Roddy. Did you talk about Dane getting that promotion over there at uh, at Not the grading uh, school there? That's awesome. Uh, before you Ooh. know it, you, when how long before you can be the dean over there, man?
2: uh i'm probably not going to get the education you have to have a doctorate degree to get to that level but you know i'll run some other stuff in athens
1: well that's impressive he while he's been doing all this extra stuff for us he's moving up the ladder and he's also getting his graduate degree too so uh you working as many hours a day as kirby
2: man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thankfully not uh let's get back to some questions for some folks um I don't know specifics what we can get into here, but we've heard some rumors. Blue Ridge Jones asked, give us your best guess as of now, how the coaching staff looks in the spring. As far as who the coaches are going to be? I'm guessing the vacancies, uh, who who potential names could be. I mean, we've seen some stuff go out there uh, that we've put on the event at UGASports.com. Brian McClendon's name comes up a little bit on the offensive side. Uh, Javaris Robinson came up on the defensive side. Not going to happen. So there's names that have come out. A lot of times agents make that happen. Uh, But, you know, what's Georgia looking for? If we don't have specific names, is it simply just who can recruit the best at that position?
1: Yeah, I think two things. How do you fit in with the staff? because staff morale and camaraderie and working together is critical. I mean, you need to be able to uh, come in and know that you're going to have to perform at a championship level because our head coach is very demanding, just like any head coach is. And uh, you're going to have to be an expert at your position. You're going to have to be uh, among the best coaches in the conference to coach at, at Georgia. I mean, so if they had an all-conference coaching team, you got to be first or second team position at that position. So, and you look at our guys, I think they're that. If you look at the coordinator uh, that we lost and the coordinator we have among the best in the nation, uh, same way with Schumann and linebackers, look at the guys he's recruited and coached. Uh, Trey Scott really coming on strong, really good technician, teacher. I mean, Luke has already been a head coach. Uh Dale McGee, I would say he's the number one running back coach in the country, not only conference. So, uh, and Todd Hartley, good lord, look at the guys he's recruiting and and the double job he did this year, filling in on special teams, uh, just tremendous job by him. And of course Muschamp, you know, what can you say? And uh, Die came in with a lot of issues uh, for our secondary, and they they hung in there and developed Pool and all that. I mean, we got an all-star coaching staff. And if you're going to coach here, you got to be an all-star. So, we're not going to bring in somebody for an in-service training program at these two positions, I can tell you that. So, uh, we'll have a good – I mean, Brian McClendon would be good. He knows the program. He knows the, uh, the school. Uh, he's kin to one of our tackles. Uh, I mean, he knows a lot of things. But he's also got to look at his work – work, what is his career goals? What can he do from Georgia that he can't do at Miami? You know, I mean, he just – He's a co-coordinator there. I don't think that would happen here as far as title. And as far as uh, the outside linebacker coach, uh, I really don't know who who they're talking about. And they might move the staff around and, you know, maybe put Muschamp in a different role than he is. Who knows as far as where he would coach so you could get a guy that would fit better uh, to the staff because Muschamp can coach any of them. So that's some of the things that I, I would consider.
0: I did not even thought about and, that, moving those guys around. That's a – that's a boy, that gives you a lot of options. You know, if there's a great uh, guy that's an inside linebacker's coach, he's like, hey, Schumann, you want to coach outside? He's like, sure, I'll move over there. Muschamp's got yeah. it, you know. And that's.
1: I don't think they'll move him. I think Muschamp would be the guy because yeah. he, he did. He assumed some uh, responsibilities for the uh, special teams this year and did a good right. job with it. And we've got a situation there where we've got to get another uh, special teams uh, – Analyst. we lost Robbie disher uh, to uh, which I read that Roddy wrote I didn't know he'd left but uh, he's gone to Tulane to be a uh, on the field coach and he did a tremendous job of going them for Cochran last year so uh, the other thing uh, is Cochran going to be on the field or is he going to be in an analyst or what's that so there's there's a, really about three scenarios there that could happen and we'll find out when the Kirby gets out of the helicopter.
2: <laughs> i will say that any day that goes by that todd munkin's name is not mentioned in stories it's probably a good thing because these nfl coaching stabs are coming together and i promise you there's gonna be some tech calls sent his way from what we're hearing seems very happy at georgia uh but you know if a good job calls you never know so any day that goes by that todd munkin's still here georgia fans should probably be very grateful true i mean here's
1: the thing that uh there's gonna be some dominoes falling here pretty quickly that I've never seen so many head coaching jobs open in the pros. I mean, when you look at all these teams are looking to hire general managers first, and then it'd be like a school hiring an AD and then a coach. Same thing with uh, Minnesota, just hired a GM today. Uh, uh, Dan Quinn got fired last year, and he's he's interviewing like he, he's the top guy out there. There are just not a lot of guys that uh, these pro teams, you know, the the, the pool of experienced head coaches is not out there. So he's looking at a lot of assistant coaches and, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe they're going to call Kirby. Who knows?
0: <laughs> oh, great. Well, I'll let you all digest that while I talk about some of our friends over at Academia Brewing Company. Uh, I always tell you folks to go check out the Academia Brewing Company on Facebook. Well, they have a new website. It's AcademiaBC.com, and it's going to have their um, – menus on it, their events, uh list of their beers, because it's always tough. You go in, they give you, every time you go in there, you get a new sheet of all the different beers they have with descriptions and alcohol by volume and all the hints and uh, um, process that goes into these beers. Well, now you can have it online, and they'll keep that updated there. So, a uh, ton of reviews, so you can see what people are saying about it. Uh, get pictures of all the food, pictures of all the beer. It's a great website. Uh, they're doing ridiculous amounts of business out there. You need to check out Academy Brewing Company. Uh, Matt Casey, another a Georgia graduate. Uh, uh, this is an award-winning uh, brewer. So they have great beer, but they also have great food. And you go see uh, uh, Matt Casey Jr., chef over there. You're going to have great food. So if you're not a beer person, but you got you like to eat, check out Academy Brewing Company. And if you are a beer person, you're going to love it. And if you just want a great place to go in town to watch your games, uh, watch these uh, play, uh, NFL playoff games, the giant TV out there is fantastic, or the TVs, excuse me. And then, of course, uh, if you're having a corporate event, they can uh, they have a place for you. Uh, if you just want to go hang out, they have a lounge. They even have a beer garden outside. So when it's going to be freezing this weekend, but uh, when the weather gets nicer, check out Academia Brew Company when you get the chance. They were um,
2: quite ahead of the curve when it comes to location because I've been reading a lot of development that's probably going to be happening out that way. And Academia is prime just to be like. The place to be uh, anywhere on the west side of Athens.
0: We're gonna have to tr- uh, charge them triple from now on because they're gonna be making money hand over fist out there. And also, want to mention our friends at EuroPie. It's Tuesday. Or excuse me, it's Wednesday. If you, uh, on, normally on Tuesday we tell you, hey, you hit their uh, the double points on the app. But uh, we missed it. Today's Wednesday, so uh, be sure to uh, hit them up on the uh, use the app anyway, so you get your points because as your points accrue. You get free pizzas, free salads, free breadsticks, free gelato. And right now uh, they are hiring. They need people to come in. They're also, you can get franchises out there. Uh, they're always looking for uh, uh, somebody who wants to make a lot of money and have a lot of fun. So uh, hit up uh, Drew and Natalie French for uh, that franchise information. And if you if you don't want to go that far, hell, just grab that hot uh, honey pepperoni pizza. It's, <laughs> it is great. Again, there have been three or four pizzas they've come out with, like their pizza prosciutto. I'm like, hey, this is a good pizza. I'm like, no, I don't know about that. But then you try it, you're like, you find out it's fantastic. So uh, hit up our friends at your pie There's a ton of different locations. Again, use the app. You can go in and do it in the store. It's great. but Because uh, you point to everything you want. You can put as many toppings on your pizzas as you like. You can have it done. But it's, you can also do it while you're sitting on the couch and then swing by and pick it up or have it delivered. So uh, check out our friends at your pie
2: this question from Jason G17. Who are the players that Coach is most excited about heading into spring? Which I remind people, when Coach has done this in the past, they've turned out to be Brock Bowers and Jalen Carter. So <laughs> your, your batting average may only be destined to fall here, Coach. And Trey Hill.
1: <laughs> hey, how about Trey Hill? playing? In, might be playing in Super Bowl here. It's um, awesome. awesome. I'm happy for him. We're going to have... A lot of guys playing. I was happy for Stafford too. I mean, uh, Stafford, Sony Michelle, that was great. That was unbelievable. I was sad for Brady, but
2: you Winter know, Floyd out there.
1: Hey, I got a Brady shirt for uh, for my birthday. I didn't even know that he had his own line there, but I was kind of <laughs> hoping I'd get something from Giselle, but I didn't get that. But uh, <laughs> I, don't tell I, Mel Tucker you have it. But I got I got a good. Uh, Shirt for my daughter from Brady, it's nice. But uh, so who's the most – what would they say the most I want them to say? Well, the okay, energy. so they
2: said, who are you most excited about heading into spring? And if you want to take a week or two and oh, really ponder this. I won't I'll, – I'll just say one guy
1: from each side, okay? the Keely Ringo uh, just burst on the national scene with that play, his confidence level. His skill level, I mean, he's a flat-out high draft choice next year. I think he'll be a stalwart for a secondary, and that, that's the first guy. And the second guy is Stetson Bennett. I think he'll just uh, flourish without, with all the, without all this controversy. Uh, if for all of a sudden these other guys step up, that could happen. But with the returning people we have and, and his knowledge of Todd's system and everything like that, I think he's just going to flourish, and uh, he's not worried about his legacy. You know, people say, hey, you can just go off in the sunset. He wants to play another year. I think he's got in his own mind, uh, you know, a chance to really be among the best players in the conference, and after he walked up to Bryce Young and saw that he was taller than him in the game, uh, then he's really stepped it up. So uh, I'm really happy out of yeah. I got to send you that picture. That's nuts. It was a good picture, but, hey, I'm, I'm happy – to say that those would be the two guys, I mean, it's obvious you could say Bowers, you could say Gilbert, and you could say – but, hey, those are the two guys that I think will be leaders on our team and, and just uh, big-time players next year. Uh,
2: another question from Jason G17. How can having a spring and offseason as the number one help Stetson continue to improve?
1: Well, that's pretty much what I just said. I mean, he's, he's not going to have to sit back and not practice – I mean, basically, didn't scrimmage, didn't do anything. This way, he's going to be out there. He's going to be, uh, you know, flourishing in the knowledge that he's a, uh, he's the guy the coaches would like to have at quarterback, unless he gets beat out. Now, I've had that happen with me, starting quarterbacks come back, and you know, I had a guy that was the freshman. Player of the Year at Missouri, and the next year he, well, he got beat out because the other guy was just better. I mean, and he was a, he was a already on the team and gotten beaten out by the freshman. So uh, it, it, those things happen, but I, I, I don't see that happening here. I do see Beck and, uh, and uh, also Vandergriff really making progress, though, and they'll be very good. But uh, we, as usual, Kirby's going to say, who gives us the best chance to win? And at, at this point, it would be Stetson now. It could be. I'm objective. I could say it's coming something else. But but from what I've seen in practice and what I've seen, uh, the way he understands football, I mean, he's Phi Beta Kappa as far as knowledge of the system. I mean, he's got it. He's right in Todd's wheelhouse. So it would be hard to dislodge him. And uh, I don't know why anybody wanted to dislodge him.
2: Question from Merrick What positions do you foresee UGA filling through the transfer portal? Oh,
0: that's a good one.
1: Well, position of need probably something you look at is another defensive back just because all of a sudden we've lost several as far as depth. I mean, you know, Kimber left, uh, uh, Brainy, speed, uh, also, uh, Carroll, Carroll lost four DBs. So, uh, We've got several coming in, but you need ten or twelve to, to have your special team. So we'd take a really good defensive back, maybe an outside linebacker that's a just a Hellion player, you know, that could come in and play. And uh, maybe a wide receiver. It just depends on how good
2: he is. That's uh, the questions that we have from the dog vent. Uh, there's some other things on YouTube. We'll get to those as we can. Uh, but i will tell you that next week is a big week for georgia right with the uh, the signing day i know it's the later one but there's still a couple things that the hey, hay has to get in the barn uh but then there's also i think the athletic board meeting is next week so there'll be some news generating from athens uh, as we get along yeah, somebody, towards g day spring. A
1: pony up. <laughs> yeah i mean that, that could be a 10 million dollar athletic board meeting uh yeah man, i am do you think more,
0: it'll be 10 I don't know. I just said that. But I, I don't know why nah, I, 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 that's that's my guess. I'm thinking he's a ten million a year guy. If I'm he Jimmy Sexton, I'm
1: saying that's low balling. Whatever <laughs> they give him, he deserves and assistant coaches too. But uh we we hadn't talked about this off there, but you know, every year we usually do this show on like Wednesday night instead of Tuesday, just so we can go over the signers. So is that probably something we might consider again?
0: Probably should. Although I don't, I don't see a ton of movement coming this uh, for signing day. I right. basically think you could get like what one guy, two guys, maybe.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying the whole thing yeah. for us to project on Tuesday, we're just wasting our time. Yeah, on the, yeah that's, we, that's probably we, a good we, idea. We sure Wednesday night. I, I always like one or two night shows just so I have something to do at night instead <laughs> of sitting around here watching. Been some good tennis.
0: On, yeah, I was I'm about to say you're watching you're watching your boys play tennis, but yeah, let's uh let's do the next next show next week's show on Wednesday at eight o'clock. That's good. We can talk about the guys that uh, came in and you know, recap the class as a whole. Uh, right now, Georgia's sitting at uh, five, four, uh, five, five stars. And again, if you go back and look at historically, Georgia at most you know would sign one or two per class. You know, and then Kirby starts showing up, and you know you had eight in one class. And, Few years later, you win the national title. Uh, you, he's got three or four or five. I know people want to pull their hair out about how the rankings go up and down, but I'm just saying, if you have faith in anything Kirby Smart does, have faith in his uh, player evaluations and player development. You know, you can argue with him about philosophy, you can argue with him about stuff like that. But the one thing I, I'm. I, I'll argue with him about media access, but the one thing I will not second guess is uh, player value. Maybe media
1: access will loosen up a little bit with this code, but, you know, it's like a lady not having enough money to buy a, a nice brush and she sell some of her hair so she can brush her hair, buy <laughs> a brush. I mean, hey, we, we got gift everything.
0: The gift of the magi, absolutely.
1: Hey, we're, we're in good shape here. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's going to be – Gonna be a big year again next year. I mean, we're gonna be right there, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Roddy all Coach over.
2: and I were texting this morning, and I know you're wrapping the show, but uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, Stefano Sitsipas against Daniil Medvedev?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah I I'm, all, I'm all, all over that. that. I think uh, <laughs> just the fact that you can pronounce them, but
0: I'm a little
1: worried about, about Nadal. Uh, what is Baratini. it? Against Berrettini third, but he's gonna wear Berrettini's backhand out. But I got, I'm pulling hard for Nadal to get 21. That'd be nice him do it. But uh, it's just uh, interesting scenario. But you know, it's kind of an interesting scenario. The 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 situations going on with three high caliber athletes like Djokovic and Rock, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving not being vaccinated, and and uh, you know not being able to play uh certain things and all that but uh i would just say get the vax, man give it get the vax.
2: <laughs> i mean could you imagine if one of george's best players throw out any of the ones that we always talk about if they could only play road games they couldn't play in sanford stadium first like that's insane
1: <laughs> right right i mean that's it, that's just uh but hey it's a good good situation here right now and
2: uh well, frankly, it makes me question kind of the competitive nature of some of these guys because I look at a guy like Michael Jordan and that guy would, like, eat his right arm if that means he could play that night. Like, you know, there's a ton He'll of stuff also that I think. the strength of
0: think... his convictions, which, you know, some of these guys, they don't need the money. They don't need – they're it's just competitive crazy. when it comes to people telling them what to do. You know? Yeah. They're like, uh, no, you can't tell me what to do. I'll do what I want to yeah. do. You
1: know, I just want to close this day. They have one – thing here that really made me feel good yesterday uh had a chance to go up to uh Chattanooga with coach Dooley and Barbara uh to visit they uh they were she was going to a luncheon and so coach Dooley and I went to see my best friend Nelson Bowers but just to talk to coach Dooley and see the pride that he had in the fact that we had won another championship and, you know, one-on-one spending that much time. And we we went around and met some people just because Nelson wanted them to see Coach Dooley and, and make me a little bit. But <laughs> the, whole, the whole point is I'm, I'm not reveling in anything except yeah. how, how much I enjoyed seeing him be that happy because yeah. he did so much for me and gave me an opportunity here and back me like he did. But, he, he really uh, – Georgia's special to him, just like it is a lot of us. But just to see a guy at his age have a chance to talk about being in Indianapolis and being involved with Kirby and all that. I mean, it just – all Georgia people ought to be really happy at the end of this show to hear that. I really
0: was really tremendously moved by that. Oh, that's awesome. It makes me very happy for him to see that too. And I'll tell you, you you've talked about the community of coaches. You know, to see you guys uh, in the stadium. Uh, when uh, Kirby is being handed the trophies, you know you and Ray Goff and uh, Mark Rick. that right that, uh, people were talking. People have sent me notes saying, "Look, you know the 1980 team raising the banner was great. Kirby getting handed the trophy was great, but the photo of the four of you guys in a suite watching right. that was yeah. their That's highlight." Good. You know, good. and but I'm th- I'm thinking if
1: we don't want to take anything away from Kirby, but. No, but I just uh, no, it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I I didn't say that to do that. I just want to talk about Coach Dooley's legacy and no,
0: but, uh, the, actually, he was there, and that made people yeah. happy. I mean, he would spent all those years not only as the coach, but then the AD. He paved
1: the way with a lot yeah. of things a lot of these
0: other sports. Uh, yeah.
1: What he did for him, uh, so uh,
0: and I, I, I wish Dan I wish Dan McGill had been there to see it. That would uh, that's the only one, you know, but. I guarantee you that uh, Jack Bowerly was a little weepy, yeah. as was Manny Diaz and <laughs> all those guys. You know, Jeff Wallace, <laughs> those
1: guys. But I'm, I'm telling you, uh, uh, Coach McGill was said, you know, I don't know exactly how he said, but hey, we whipped their ass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, and then they wanted to uh, beat him last night. He didn't call that a Tufa. Oh, he's like when, he, when you beat him in both sports. You know, McGill, yeah. in Georgia beats Alabama in uh, basketball. Shout out to Tom Crean getting his uh, first SEC win this year. And uh, Dan McGill would have been, he's been like, yeah, just like, mask, just like football. So, God, I miss him. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for this week's show. We will be uh, back next Wednesday at 8 o'clock. You saw that decision being made in real time here on the show. Uh, tune in, and we will have a post-signing day uh, recap there. It's going to be a hell of a recruiting class for Georgia, and uh, should be a fun show. See you next week. Take care.